0: Welcome to Let the Bird Fly, a podcast, a podcast about, about living, living freely, freely in a world given back Mike, to us. we keep
1: saying we're going to do it that way. And okay, don't let's do start it over. Either.
0: Okay, ready? Yeah. All right. Hello and welcome to a...
1: No. You say hello and welcome to Let the Bird Fly.
0: Okay. Hello and welcome to Let the Bird Fly.
1: A podcast about living freely in a world given back to us.
0: It's Mike and Wade here in the studio. What are you, what, what? now what are you mad at? This
1: is Mike and this okay, is Wade. Okay,
0: This is Mike. And this is Wade. And we are here to discuss uh, Dostoevsky <laughs> and, and the gospel. We have a guest here today. His name is Ori Tomford. He is a senior at Wisconsin Lutheran Seminary in Mequon, Wisconsin. That means he's going to be a pastor in like four or five months. Lord
1: willing. He's still got time to mess up, but it's exactly,
0: to yep. close. So um, Ori uh, did a thesis um, on, well, what was the title of your thesis exactly? It was the Theology of the Cross in Martin Luther and Theodore Dostoevsky, the only solution for the 21st century. And so uh, I was his reader and so helped him through that, although he really didn't need my help at all. Anyway, I said, you're coming on to do uh, the podcast when you're done and uh, you reluctantly uh, agreed to come on. And so here we are. So we are going to be talking. And talk- uh,
1: maybe a little background, right? Sure. This thesis, we didn't have to do. When we were in seminary, Michael.
0: No, we did like a church history project, which was, let's just say.
1: I did a translation for mine.
0: That was, let's just say, not that. You could get away without doing some high quality work. Yeah, this is, um,
1: I would say it's a much more directed thing. I think it's a good development that they're doing it. um, I had a student this semester as well who did very well. Uh, Shout out to to Dan Schmidt. But uh, um, I'm impressed that this is part of the process. No, I think it's a. So that'll be Good our our, development.
0: Ma- our main topic, and I think Pablo will we'll start. Is hey, what what did you benefit from the? Tell us about the process. What did you benefit from that? And then we'll we'll get into the brothers K and all that kind of stuff. I'm sure we'll just see how far uh, it takes us. But we do have a free for all today, and that is we're starting to ease up on COVID we're regulations. Getting closer to where we can ease oh, we up. Are like, yeah in in Wisconsin? Let's just say in a purple state. <laughs> Where where we do believe that there is at least a legitimate um, uh, threat in COVID-19, we're thinking about easing regulations eventually as people are getting vaccinated and stuff like that. So Wade and I both have our first shot in. Yep. And going to, in a couple weeks. My favorite weeks, part
1: gonna, is I get Spotify now without myself.
0: Right. And I've been asking around. I can do this.
1: This is go back a song. Yeah. That's my left temple. Writers go forward. I don't get to pick the songs, though. The government does, but
0: so the choices are I've good. I've been asking around, and everybody that I, like I, or nursing students and people in my family that um, are in the medical field, you know, questions about vaccines, and and I asked, does the governmental chip get activated in the first shot or the second <laughs> shot? And everybody says the second shot.
1: Oh, I thought you got two chips, maybe.
0: Well, that's that's the question, because I should have bought my illegal handguns before— <laughs> So I don't I'm I'm quite a, I'm not quite sure. Yeah, they're gonna start tracking I'm not quite it. sure is it worth the risk or not. Yeah. How the question is how how important is the second amendment to me?
1: Yeah. It seems very important yeah.
0: now, you. Now, don't as, even own a gun,
1: Michael, do you? No. I as, I own I, a gun.
0: I as a procrastinator should have bought my illegal handgun before they put the microchip in me so that you so that I mean maybe they want me to think that it's not activated until the second shot.
1: Well, here's my conspiracy right now as a Apple and all these, and Google and that are all like backing off on their privacy stuff, like that they're not going to use your data for advertisers, whatever mm-hmm. else. And uh, it's just a coincidence that this is happening when the microchip is being put in us. Mm-hmm. And like they Five the G
0: is going up. They don't need to do it anymore.
1: Right, but they're making like a big virtue signal right. about it.
0: Right, I think this would be an absolute perfect time for you to read the disclaimer.
1: Are we, we're not going to talk about my back.
0: We can t- Okay, so we can talk. I'm a, about I'm a
1: trooper. I okay. showed up, Michael. You can. I think uh, even Ori noted, um, I'm suffering. Barely made it in. Threw my back out this morning and. Uh,
0: I walked into the studio and you were you were uh, hunched over the table here, and I just went about my business until I realized, hey Wade, you're not you're not okay. Yeah. And I asked, and you said you threw out your back, and I said what? Um, you know, lifting a car off of you know uh, you know a dog that got run over. No. Uh, defending your family from no. like I was, terrorists I was brushing my no. teeth. Oh, yeah. you were brushing your teeth. I okay.
1: was leaned over to uh, rinse my mouth out after brush my teeth because oral hygiene is very important. important. Mm-hmm. And uh, I coughed. And that threw my t- you know, my back out and then it got a little better. I taught class, so I was standing, but when I sit down, that's when it gets bad again. So uh,
0: and we may, we're making jokes of this, but seriously, at our age when you cough it hurts. Or, like, you bend over the wrong way, it actually can do a lot of damage.
1: Yeah. So. I, I asked Michael just to put me down, and he wouldn't do it.
0: Well, I. I
1: they kind of made me remember, think of the 90s. Uh, were you in the. Mich- you were in Michigan in the 90s, and uh, there was a certain van driving around by a certain uh, Dr. Jack Kravorkian. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And sometimes, uh, the older I get, that van seems a little more tempting because I, I have chronic conditions I can't go- do anything about. Well, overweight,
0: l- let's just, out let's of just. shape.
1: Let's just... Poor diet. These mm -hmm. are not things I can do anything about. (laughs) And so I really feel like I should just be put out of my misery. Plus,
0: you've been to... I mean, how many doctors to, you know, get help?
1: Yeah. I haven't been... I went to the emergency room for my knee, and I go to the allergist. But otherwise, probably about 15 years at this point. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I offered to be your yogi.
1: All all doctors do is tell you bad stuff.
0: I offered to be... I want to be a
1: Lutheran if I wanted to go hear bad stuff from people.
0: I... I offered to be Wade's yogi and taking through like I rejected that because yoga, that is non-christian practice yoga stretches and stuff but he uh yeah I we then we had a discussion what about,
1: would lutheran yogi yoga be that would be interesting know, to
0: see we can try it out okay we we really it need It would
1: be liturgical I'd do that, that. Right.
0: probably like a lot of the sign of the cross
1: yeah a lot of that
0: yeah in fact we probably would do both the Catholic and the Eastern Orthodox one. For well,
1: you've got it to uh, balance out. To balance the out muscles,
0: the yeah. muscles and stuff. Okay, uh, please read our disclaimer before we get in.
1: Oh, we're going to the free for all now.
0: Yeah, let's do that. Did you? And then we'll, we'll, how about Are we this? part of a
1: podcast network? Michael? We are
0: part of a podcast network network fifteen seventeen. Say it right. Dot <laughs> com. <laughs> I'm not
1: <sure>. it's a <laughs> dot org. Or you always or get wrong?
0: Um, they do lots of good stuff. And they've been good to us. They're only
1: like putting out your book in a class for you, (laughs) and you can't even memorize their website. They're
0: putting out a book for me, but I did the class for them. What is ESPN? I did that class.com or or org? Dot com? Yeah.
1: Which one's done more for you, ESPN or 1517? It's Toss Up. (laughs) Toss Up. 1517.org, good resources. Um, Mike will have a class coming out soon. He has a book you can pre order from 1517.
0: Audio Um, book too coming.
1: Yeah. Don't go to 1517.com to pre-order
0: it. Go to vocationbook.org.
1: Oh, you know that one. I do. Okay. um, Time for our disclaimer. Uh, This show doesn't speak for our churches, our church bodies, or our employers. To be honest, much of the time it probably doesn't speak for us. We will be thinking out loud a lot, so approach what you hear with a healthy skepticism. Because, well, as a responsible resident of planet Earth, that's probably what you should generally do with almost everything. If you find yourself getting too worked up, tune out, look around, and realize you were just listening to a podcast, that's right, a podcast. So go live free, friends, and don't let us get in the way. And that brings us to our free-for-all. And, Michael, why don't you tell them a little bit about what we're going to be talking. <laughs>
0: um, we, uh, since we are easing up sort of or looking forward to easing up the COVID-19 pandemic restrictions, um, we're start- I've been thinking about since uh, there was a list of baseball stadiums and what their capacity would be. M- most of them are about 25%. Um, So I'm thinking, should I go to our game or not? Will the tickets be more expensive or less expensive? Like, are more people going to be eager to go, but there's one-fourth the tickets, or people are still going to be? So I'm thinking about what am I going to do when the weather turns nice and it's safe to go out? And And they're
1: saying now, even people who were skeptical before, we're hearing talk of May and June being possible return to good bits of normal. Maybe not full normal, but uh, it's coming up.
0: So our free-for-all is what? what mass event are you looking forward to going to
1: yeah like a crowded place or you know or something that you can't do now
0: yeah no yeah like either because they're not being offered or even or even maybe the the most skeptical of pandemic people would say you know maybe i don't need to go to a nascar race but
1: there's there's still time to mess it up america and i have faith in us that we can i've been telling my students we're getting I ask him, like, do you remember June, how nice June used to be? Mm-hmm. Like, it's sunny out. Like, all the stuff you used to do in June, I'm like, it's just a few more months. Let's buckle down, wear the mask, don't be crazy. But I have a lot of faith in America that, uh, for some reason in, like, April, we're going to go, like, full my freedom. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we get another spike. <laughs> and then stuff's going to happen, and people are going to be like, why could we do anything? You yeah. said May or June, and, uh...
0: You know, th- when, when this first started, one of the – they said mostly about, like, vaccine and stuff. They said 18 months. It's mm-hmm. going to be about 18 months. You know, it's going to be next And month. that
1: was the ambitious,
0: right. you know, hope. So yeah. it's going to be – okay, so – wait. So, so
1: assuming so, we don't mess it up as a country.
0: What, what are you looking forward? What mass thing are you looking forward okay. to going to?
1: I'm going to say one that doesn't count as my official answer, okay. um, but uh, it would probably be next semester, but seeing my students' faces. Yeah. That'll be a big one. Especially to tell if the sarcasm is offending or the jokes are landing. I find I really...
0: We've had problems with that. Yeah. Like, we don't feel like our jokes are landing this semester. And I assume it's only because of the masks.
1: Yeah. But my, I think my... I wrestle with... uh, I'd love to go to a baseball game. Love to go back home, um, see my parents, go to a Tigers game. But I think even above that, I'm going to go... I would like to uh, go to a crowded Benno's. Mm-hmm. Benno's is my, my bar in West Dallas that I like to go to and that we used to go to. Um I think being in a bar, maybe when a game is on. You know, you got that environment. It's kinda loud, everybody's talking. Um there's the one guy in the corner that just seems off, you know. <laughs> is
0: that you? <laughs> the uh
1: and uh maybe a game on, okay. sitting around with friends, no mass. Um I would put that maybe above going go into the game cuz I feel like there's more camaraderie in that at a game mm-hmm. you're kind of seated whew, across mm-hmm. like that. So I would I'd maybe put a, I would put that.
0: I would uh the Milwaukee has a series of beer gardens. Oh, i would look forward a to one. a beer garden and and believe it or not we we're kind of hoping this summer would be um maybe check out some of the downtown stuff with our kids a little bit more like art museum um stuff down there. So I'm looking forward to going let's just give the downtown going downtown for something. And the beer gardens. What do you think, Ori? Yeah, I'd say maybe similar to Wade's answer
2: is just going to a bar and hanging with some friends and not having to worry about having the plexiglass there <laughs> and having to walk in with a mask and having to sit in a certain way, just not having to worry about that anymore and being able to see people's faces too. Hopefully yeah. we can do that when I get to my church here or if I'm a, a tutor somewhere. It'd be, it'd be nice not to have to worry about all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Make it anymore. a lot easier
1: to get to know your congregation yeah. when the time comes when you can actually yeah. see their face. And
0: let's yeah. just say not dealing with should you mask or not mask. Your yeah. day one of the, out of seminary is probably going to be a blessing yeah. for you. <laughs> I think there's
1: going to be – we'll find something else to fight about though. In sure. Passage.
0: But it would be helpful if it was something that was – a little bit more tied to theology, so maybe you had a little bit right. more. Yeah.
1: Remember when we came out of seminary and we had to make up our issues to fight over? Like Correct. we went into the parish idealistic, and like we had things that we created fights over, but they had nothing to do with like a pandemic
0: or the government. Those yeah, were right. the days. Yeah, yeah. You could like pick where the font should be. You could literally. You had pick.
1: time to fight over should you have an American flag in the chancel. Yeah.
0: You could literally. Should you wear a collar? You could literally pick and choose your battles. Yeah. <laughs> oh that's, that's glorious. <laughs> Excellent. So okay, I'm gonna put you on the spot. This is totally unfair and, and sacrilegious and stuff like that. But if you could get assigned, because Ori's gonna be assigned to a place, you just get to choose where he is gonna serve Oh, no, well, you're not gonna ask him where just he wants me, to serve. Just give it. me a state. Just give me a state. A state. Oh, you know, I would say, be careful
1: with this because that means you're not going to go there. Bro. I know, you know,
0: <laughs> so You're not like, going to oh, go there. So, Ohio, Florida. Pick Ohio, yeah. yeah. Um, no. I, <laughs> I uh, love Ohio. Isn't there? <laughs> so, <laughs> Ohio's great. <laughs> They're super clean and, and um, intelligent. Yeah. And anyway. There's no math. <laughs> no, there's not. <laughs> All right. Like, I, just where would you live? I'm, I'm just thinking since you're going to be going somewhere soon, where would you like to live somewhere? Yeah, someday? so...
2: Purely from a selfish point of view, I liked uh, outdoors a lot, hiking, camping. So kind of any state where that would be a cool place, like that's a hiking. So I'm thinking Colorado would be cool, Mm -hmm. western Montana, uh, Arizona, Alaska would all be definitely states up there on my list. I don't know which one I'd choose. Uh, Maybe Colorado and the Rockies, but something like that. Now what about
1: are you guys doing yet is it that time of year – um, where we used to get the map out and you kind of plot what calls you thought were going to be going <laughs> for assignment. Have you guys started? There are people putting that together yet? Yeah, yeah. They, they are.
2: So, my personal like, uh, philosophy is I try not to think about it at all, but I have a buddy um, who took all of the calls and put them on a Google Maps. So he shared it with us. So you can just go there. You can see, like, it's just all the churches in the wells, one. And you can, like, keep up all the high schools, all the grade school calls, hmm. and all the available calls right now, I think. So we have, there's a whole bunch. There's a big map we can see all the clustering. Uh, a lot in, in Wisconsin, obviously. Some down in Arizona, but kind of spread yeah, out. Yeah. Ours out. was
1: surprisingly inaccurate. <laughs> you know, you try to guess where you think each yeah. guy's going to end up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, did you guys have that, mic or your class? I don't. Too? And
0: they may have done that, but I, I was probably <laughs> checked out already. I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way to be as a senior. I was like, I think I'm supposed to finish this class. You know, I was behind because I took gear off and traveled, you know? So I'm like, you get to that point and you're like, mm, it's time for real life now. I have children, yeah. especially, you know. Well, and,
1: and I, I just... think, you know, Mike started with our class, and then, like you said, he traveled, and you probably were missing us. I mean, oh, yeah. I probably oh, yeah. weighed yeah. heavily on you. Oh, yeah. No pun intended.
0: It weighed, weighed heavily on me. Yeah. All right. I think we need to move on because we spent quite a little. Yeah. We, we spent and, eight minutes introducing this.
1: And I have to. Uh, <clears throat> I got a stretch? warning for parking consistently in a lot that I'm. Not supposed to park in okay. between air quotes, and I so I had to park way down there, and my back is out. So okay. it's good. I gotta
0: well, we'll roll you down
1: waddle there. down there, and then get to go take Anna to volleyball because I'm an Uber for club sports. Yep, me too.
0: All right, you ready? Okay, we'll be back with the main tunnel. Before we get into uh, your, do we call it a project, a dissertation? What thesis, the, right? Thesis. The, thesis is okay. the Official term. So we, we, for those uh, not familiar with this, this is a Master's of Divinity. So it's a Master's level thesis. Where we, 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 could safely say that. Okay. Before we get into that, though, just tell us about yourself. Where were you born? Where you're from? That kind of stuff.
2: Yeah. So I was born in Minnesota, in, in Wilmer. Um, my dad was a pastor there then he took a call when I was I think around four years old to Chestoning, Michigan and that's where I grew up so I think of that as my, my home in, in Chestoning, Michigan kind of in the middle by by Saginaw north uh, west mm-hmm. of Flint um, was there for 20 years yeah I'm trying to think 23 years uh, went to Michigan Lutheran Seminary there for high school then just kept following the, the route to be a pastor there so I went to Martin Luther College. Uh, then Wisconsin Lutheran College, There's that, sorry, Center. then Wisconsin Seminary, then after that. Uh, then I was a vicar down in Georgia with uh, Pastor Scharf for a year. That was fun. Uh, it was really uh, a great experience. Then I took an, a, an emergency call to teach up in Manitowoc hmm. last year. So I was up there for a year. At the high school in, then? Or? Yeah, at the high school, yeah, just teaching religion to the – uh, the sophomores and the juniors there was a, another great experience. Uh, I learned a lot about teaching in, in general, so that was good. Uh, now I'm back here, so back in Wisconsin. I kind of have no home right now. My parents are in Minnesota, but I they're not in Michigan anymore where I would consider home. Or my, my home state. The to be. life of it's a, a, around. Yeah, right the
0: life of a pastor's kid. You don't really have a home. Everywhere's a home and nowhere's so got, a home. We got yeah. two
2: cardinals in here, two
1: former MLS. Yeah,
0: and three Michiganders. Cardinals. Yep. So we'll take it. That's good. What's John? You went to John Glenn, right? No. Where'd you go to?
1: Man, that's insulting.
0: Sorry, I didn't know.
1: I went to Livonia Franklin.
0: Oh, you went to John Franklin, Glenn not is Franklin.
1: Westland.
0: Oh, uh, wasn't there two Livonia high schools?
1: There's three. What are There's they? There's technically four. What are they? There's Churchill, Stevenson, Franklin, and then uh, Clarenceville was a mix. Okay. Then S- back in the day, there was also Bentley where you got sent if uh, you had focus issues so. or drug problems.
0: <laughs> so uh, Franklin, what's their mascot?
1: Patriots. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Very nice.
0: Did they have, for your, like, football helmets, did they have, like, the...
1: Yep, old school Patriots. Symbol, and nice. Now it's Although now it's a <clears throat> fancy F.
0: Okay. Very nice. Anyway, so... A Patriot and Two Cardinals. Very nice. Yeah. Okay. So uh, tell us why you chose this topic and then maybe just go into, like, what what's the process of writing and, this thesis?
1: And maybe connected with that, uh, do they give you a certain, I mean, do the topics have to be picked from a certain sphere of stuff? Or do you have a lot of freedom for picking it? Because, you, I mean, you obviously picked one that's not, um, you know... Normal, not one everybody's like, going to do yeah. every year, yeah. In a good yeah. way,
0: so
2: yeah. No, they they give us a lot of freedom with this. It's pretty open. They tell you not to really do much, much reading or research on it before you get to school, um, but to be thinking about it. So I would say picking a topic was, was one of the harder things to do because it's like it's so open. Well, I don't have any guidance or don't know what to pick. So I had a lot of different ideas bouncing around in my head. And it's basically just pick something, ask your advisor, and see if he approves and you're good to go. Um, something to do with church in general or, or religion is open. So anything you can't do, you know, like some random topic that has nothing to do with church like or religion. Physics. physics. Yeah. But if you could connect it somehow with, with religion, it'd probably be open to do yeah. if you wanted so to do.
0: Once in a while I get that, like, I like kid in worship. They're like, can we do something can I write a paper on Melanchthon? I'm like, did you write a paper on Melanchthon for another class? (laughs) Like, you have to tie it to worship. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Although
1: sometimes the ones that are kind of tangential can turn out to be fun too. Sure. Yeah. Did, um, why Dostoevsky, had you done much with him before? Yeah,
2: no, not at all. I actually, um, was just looking for books to read so i I googled you know top 100 books i should read and i i tried working down the list i skipped some did some and this is one of the the top book recommendations so it looked cool never really heard of it before is that the brothers k then yeah okay yep the brothers k so i bought it and last year actually i started reading it um and it was kind of tough to get into at first Mm because it's it's russian literature but once i got into it i was just it was it was really good. I, I enjoyed it a lot. And it yeah. was, um, the message that it, I, I read in it, it was just, uh, I took a lot from it when I was reading it last year. Um, and it was very deep, you know, it's, is one of the, the deepest, uh, most significant books I guess I've ever read before. So I just, I enjoyed it. I didn't even think then to do a thesis on it, but I was just kind of thinking of ideas, yeah. um, and what I could do. And I kind of came up and talked about it with some profs, um, thought about it some more and decided to try and do something. I think Professor um, Berg, you said that maybe me tie it with Luther. That was an <laughs> addition that you had, had suggested, which is a great um, suggestion
0: too. So I, I, yeah, and I think just because you're, you're dealing with you're dealing with some of the the tougher questions of pain and evil and suffering mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I think Luther, Luther had some unique ways of looking at that. And so then you have a unique way from literature, but then a, a, a unique theological perspective, too, I thought to tie, to tie it in would have been pretty neat. So, well, yeah. and
1: uh, um, so for the, the Grand Inquisitor section of the Brothers K, I use that for ethics. And uh, <coughs> this is what Ivan and Alyosha are talking about. And yeah. um, uh, Ivan gives the, this story of the Grand Inquisitor. Um, Dostoevsky wrote that after reading A Fair Amount of Luther. So it's interesting to see how the the freedom talk that makes its way in there. Yeah. Um you know people will say Dostoevsky was not a necessarily a, a fan of Luther from the perspective as he saw all western christianity as being kind of this foreign and jesuitical thing. Um but it's interesting to kind of see how that maybe played in in, mm-hmm. in that uh in that section. Um should we talk about Dostoevsky just a little in general?
0: Yeah, what well, go ahead.
1: All right, you want me to go or I
2: don't want to what, steal from anybody?
0: Well, why, why don't you give us what you what, what would you think uh, our listeners would would need to know? Oh, oh man.
2: Yeah, so I watched um, A Great Courses Plus. This Russian lit professor kind of had five lectures on it, so I learned a lot of the bio from there. And I think he's different from Tolstoy because Tol- Tolstoy was more, I don't know if I'm right here, I'm not at all an expert, but he's a bit more, Upper class, maybe, or um, a bit more like refined. Where uh, where Dostoevsky is more like from the from the peasants, not really from the peasants, but a bit you know more from the common class. And he kind of went through a period of where he. I don't think he was ever an atheist, but he got involved with a very socialist atheist group in Moscow. And at one point, I think he was on trial to to be shot. And he said it was one of the most impactful times of his. Of his life, he was going to get shot. He ends up in the Gulag, doesn't he? Yeah, in, in, in the Gulag, and then they don't shoot him at the very like uh, last minute. A messenger, they rush out and they say, "Hey," and and uh, yeah. they cancel it. So then he th- he he thinks he's going to die, and then he doesn't die. But he's sent to the Gulag still, and that was also very in, impactful for him too. His time there. Yeah, and
1: so he has this encounter, or he's in, he's very involved in this kind of like socialist movement, but this will be before the October Revolution and Bolshevism and Menshevism. Yeah. So he kind of gets to go through that and think through that before what will come with the Soviets, mm-hmm. you know, later. Um, anything else? I I, should, I don't want to interrupt. No, you can go actually I think, um, you know, Russian fiction in general, you mentioned, and, and what I find interesting about the paper, and I think is helpful, is uh, in many ways Russian fiction is strong because it so much of it wrestles with suffering, right? And so from a Lutheran perspective with the theology of the cross and suffering um, – there's ways to, Dostoevsky's not a, a Lutheran, but there's ways to find a lot of contact points because it doesn't um, yeah. back away from that. And, you know, Dostoevsky's someone who, uh, unless I'm misremembering this, uh, you know, had a gambling problem throughout life, kind of a uh, never can quite. You you hear this name and you think this man must have been rich and lived a life of ease eventually and never could quite get it together. <coughs> Excuse me. I believe it was an epileptic. He was, yeah. Um, yep. And so just a, a fascinating life and one that um as he sees a a Russia trying to figure out where it is and where who it is and where it's going kind of a sets up these brothers as different archetypes of um you know the different movements yeah. you've got the brother who's kind of the sensuous licentious one you've got Ivan who's socialist big picture you know revolution stuff. And then you've got Alyosha, who's going to be kind of his example of Russian faith, right, that peasant mm-hmm. faith. And uh, so for readers who want to read
2: it, be forewarned,
1: uh, what, 1,000, 1,100 pages maybe? I think
2: so, something like that, Over, just over 1,000, I think.
1: And I would say I had the same experience as you. You have to plug along in the beginning, mm-hmm. and then it gets a lot better as you get going. But you're you're, you're kind of getting immersed into the time and into the into the family. So without me talking more, um, what did uh, you find? What you So you, you read Brothers K, you enjoyed it, you need to do a thesis, you talked to Dr. Berg, he suggests Luther as well. What were some of the things that stood out to you as you worked on this?
2: Yeah, so I, the main thing that stood out was kind of what my thesis actually is, where we have all of these problems that might seem complicated in the 21st century, and we might think it's different. But really, the culture we have now is kind of similar to what Dostoevsky had back in 17th, I think 17th century, uh, century uh, Russia, where you kind of had this movement. In the 1800s? 1800s, yeah, sorry. um, To pull away from Christianity And they kind of set up your own system of thought. Mm -hmm. So I guess one of the most impactful things was he was dealing with the same problems that really everyone else right now is dealing with. How did he address it? And and the only real answer to, to that is the cross of Christ. That's what Dostoevsky was proposing. Maybe not as academically as Luther was in his works, but he was still saying this is the only answer. Uh, for life. This is the only way to make sense of all the suffering, all the death, all the injustice that's happening. Uh, And that seemed to be the same thing that Dostoevsky was saying as well. And I think it, uh, one of the things
1: I think that's exciting about a thesis like this is it's particularly helpful in our own day because, I mean, if you're on social media or you're watching the news, uh, we are presented with suffering and injustice and all these things again and again. And everybody... Well, almost everybody at some point ends up falling back on a dogmatism. There's almost no way of escaping it. <clears throat> so it can become um, you know, uh, kind of a critical theory, it can become a some other meta narrative, it can become um American exceptionalism, you know, or uh you pick it of this it can become capitalism, it can become socialism. And <clears throat> uh and what Dostoevsky reminds us of is uh, I think, in part, that all of those things lose sight of your neighbor, right? Um, yeah. So th- your neighbor just becomes part of a grander cause. And so, yes, my individual neighbor might be suffering, and that's, that's too bad, but I'm going to think only in schemes. And I think this is the, the, the thing with the Grand Inquisitor, right, is Ivan doesn't actually love people, right? Alyosha is the one who sees Ivan. Ivan doesn't see people, but, but Ivan loves the scheme the narrative um and i think even in our own day the church finds itself tempted to fall into that too um of kind of a uh, i don't know what would be a political theodicy michael is there a word for that
0: you know triumphalism maybe yeah. some sort of like dom you know dominism maybe
1: yeah but you know this desire to to kind of do the same thing and uh you know i think you bring out luther and Dostoevsky both kind of say hold up like that's not how humanity works and how life works, but I'll, I'll throw it back to you or to Mike. I'm talking too much. I should. Well,
0: or give me, give me, we, you wrestled with quite a few of the different stories or plot lines. You could Mm -hmm. say the more, so the characters, let's say, put it that way, the characters, uh, Dostoevsky's writings, Um, you know, give me, give me one that you, that you found very uh, instructive to, to the thought process of Dostoevsky. And then, uh, you know, eventually the theological, uh, theological conclusion. So what I'm after is tell me something from your paper that, uh, you, that's that, that you, you thought was a good part. Let me put it this way. I I'm, I'm proud of this section <laughs> to summarize something from your paper that you were proud of.
2: Uh, so to kind of key off something you had said, uh, Wade before of that love that we're, that Christians are, are, are kind of called to have. One section that kind of jumped out at me from the book was Alyosha's talking with Ivan, and Ivan's talking about loving your neighbor, and he said, like, that's something I can't do. I can love your neighbor in the abstract. He says, uh, like, the He idea, says because they have faces. Yeah, because they have, you know, okay, like... That guy over there I can love him. Okay, love my neighbor, I can love that guy over there. But when he gets close to you, yep. when he like stubs your toe or he bumps you in the street or he he sneezes on you and his snots kind of on you then. <laughs> like that's when it's that's when I can't I can't love my neighbor. When then. you get
0: when you can smell somebody, yeah. that's yeah. when it becomes <laughs> difficult. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't know who said that. Who talks about smelling somebody like that? Like I can't remember. Um, it's not coming to my mind right but, now. But uh, I know like once you about. can smell somebody, that becomes very problematic. Yeah. yeah. Okay, go ahead. Yeah.
2: So like the the core that I, I quote this a, um, a couple times is Father Zasima saying to Alyosha, love a man even in his sin for that is the semblance of divine love and is the highest love on earth. So it's yeah, taking someone and loving them, even when even when they're sinning, when they're kind of gross to you, that's when you're called to love someone. Um, but that's kind of like the natural result of Ivan. I, I think Ivan's one of the most important characters in the book cause he's, he's it's a very powerful argument. You know, it's not just like where Dostoevsky has Ivan be kind of an idiot and doesn't know what he's mm-hmm. saying. And we talked about we just talked about this with the Book of Job in our Old Testament class. How Job's friends are actually they have some pretty good things mm-hmm. they say sometimes. So Ivan's arguments are pretty powerful. Um, in fact, uh, the the Russian professor I was I was listening to um, said that that was kind of Dostoevsky's point. He was trying to make the best atheist argument he could possibly yeah. make he's not just a
1: foil yeah he's, yeah he's
2: not just a foil and actually I, I read that some people actually think Dostoevsky, uh, that Dostoevsky was atheist <laughs> he, was, he was secretly an atheist because Ivan is so uh, persuasive and, and other, others have called those two chapters the Inquisitor and Rebellion where Ivan really kind of crystallizes his argument like the best anti-Christian arguments that exist um. Um, which was really fascinating I could kind of see that when I was reading it they were very powerful um and then seeing how Dostoevsky counters, yeah, and shows how those
0: arguments fall and they they fail,
2: yeah, uh, was for me one of the most.
0: Well, play play um, along that. T- tell me what, in in nutshell, Ivan's argument, and then. Well, how. and just
2: briefly with that to
1: contact Martin Luther, you know, Luther does the same thing when he's arguing against other sources. He says, "Publish the Koran, right, so that we can um, talk about it and, and show where mm-hmm. its errors might be." Um, he he faithfully represents the arguments of his opponents or of medieval theologians. You know, I think there's mm-hmm. there's something important just
2: in that for the church to draw too, but sorry, go ahead.
0: Yeah, I mean, t- tell me about the argument and then and then the,
2: uh, the counter-argument. Yeah, so one of Ivan's maybe more famous lines is he says something, I don't have it right in front of me, but he says, like, it's not God I reject, I just want to return my ticket to him. Yeah. So he's saying, like, okay, God, like, I, I get it. Like, There's supposed to be this divine being that's, that's created everything, but I just don't want to be a part of his system. Because mm-hmm. his, his first chapter is, is rebellion where he's saying like, okay, let's say adults, they suffer horribly. Well, they deserve it maybe because they've done things in their life. But how about yeah. kids? Yeah. So he, he has all these examples of kids. I don't know if they're true. Dog but gets,
1: eaten by do- or a child gets eaten by dogs. Yeah, yeah. He,
2: he hurts his master's dog and the dog sets – or the master sets his dogs on him. There's a girl that has feces covered and stuffed – in an outhouse by her parents left yep. outside a, a baby who's gets his brains it's, it's, his brains blown out by soldiers as the mother watches yeah. and Ivan says like you know any God that's going to build his edifice his structure on that no matter what like, I don't want to be part of that system no matter what it is um, any, any kingdom that's built on that unjust suffering I, I don't want to be a part of it Cause I want an answer to injustice. Then he goes on to the grand inquisitor and that's a chapter that I kind of, it was probably the hardest part of, of my paper to write. Cause there's so many different takes on yeah. that chapter. Yeah. Like it's, it was tough trying to touch it with like a 10 foot broom and still kind of like, okay, I'm going to kind of present it, but not get too wrapped up. And I want my whole paper to be on that chapter. Yeah. And I think basically what he's doing is he's is, is the grand inquisitor is, is saying, this is what we need. Man has to replace God in life. Um, because jesus messed up he was supposed to actually give us free bread free things um so that um man doesn't need to live with freedom mankind wants to be told what to do and not not think they don't like freedom actually um and to be told and that um drive to think for themselves sometimes and to apply truths to their life man needs somebody to take care of them and and the best person is is a man is 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 me and not god
1: yeah and i think um that's where I always think Dostoevsky reading Luther maybe shows itself a bit in there. But, yeah, I mean, the Christ returns and they end up crucifying him again. Mm-hmm. Or not crucifying him, but they say he needs to be executed to die, this Grand Inquisitor. Yeah. And he says it's for the sake of, of the people, right? The people will gladly trade their freedom for bread. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is, uh, I mean, an argument since the fall into sin that, you know, one, one, could, uh, one could make.
0: Well, I... Someone needs to do a book tracing the Bible through all the times, especially the Israelites, but also in the New Testament. How we don't do very well with freedom, you know? Um, And the title could be, you know, You Brought Us Out Here to Die in the Desert, right? Yeah. We don't do very well with freedom.
1: Yeah, and and part of the reason, um, I mean, as the the very title of the work shows, um, this freedom comes with suffering, right? The uh, Grand Inquisitor is trying to promise people bread and security um and in a fallen world uh you know like you say mike when you talk about vocation right if if we want to be as luther says to venture all things it's to make yourself vulnerable it's to put yourself at risk to to love your neighbor who may in turn suffer or hurt you or um it's not easy right it's it's easier to remain detached i think we see that in our own day where some where we often would prefer online contact with people versus real-life contact with people, because real-life contact with people, um, as Ivan says, right, they have faces, or as you were saying, like, they, they smell, perhaps, um, and uh, and I think that is part of what the freedom that Dostoevsky's getting at, and I don't think it's very far at all um, from what Luther gets at with his doctrine of vocation.
0: Um, you can go anywhere you want, but uh, tell me about Dostoevsky and the gospel. Does he get the gospel um, where are some times where he, <laughs> a tough one. does he pull, does he pull it out? I mean, I, it, it's, it's hard. Like you said, I like that. You know, how do you, how do you, how do you deal with this with the 10 foot pole without getting wrapped up into it? How, how, how can you not, how do you not bring your presuppositions there? Yeah. So you're looking, you're looking for law and gospel cause you're, you're, yep. a, you're a good Lutheran boy. Um, so, but is there something there, right? I we, I recommended a book Dostoevsky and the Gospel, right? Topped so helped <laughs> a lot. Great book. So, um, you know, tell me what 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 do you because I think that's something that's a touch point in today's world too, where in our in our culture you still see the desire for the gospel, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's just a natural desire for forgiveness, love, acceptance, all of this kind of stuff. So, tell me about Dostoevsky as, is, could Dostoevsky be a good Lutheran? <laughs> he could maybe be, yeah, it <laughs> depends.
2: Uh, yeah, that's a, a question. I was probably pretty naive when I was beginning to write the paper on Eastern Orthodoxy and its the theology. As we were reading, and going through our dogmatics class first semester of my senior year, we talk about justification, and we kind of bring up some of the, the Eastern Orthodox false teachings. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of instructive for me to see that. I didn't tie it into my paper, but mm-hmm. um, like they see justification as a part of salvation, mm-hmm. um, which I, and then, again, dostoevsky is not a dogmatician, so this is just mm-hmm. a story. But they have another thing, um, theosis, mm-hmm. where you kind of become like God, And I can kind of see that in the book a little bit after I learn about that. Yeah, that's maybe not the way a Lutheran would talk. But in terms of the cross itself, I think he's right on point with what a Lutheran would say. I think one um, case comes from that book, The Gospel of Dostoevsky, kind of outside of the Brothers K. I think it's implicit in the Brothers K, maybe not spelled out super well but he sees this painting of Christ like decaying which is false doctrine obviously mm-hmm. but he, he, he loves it um, and he's so overwhelmed by it he almost his wife thought he had an epileptic seizure from seeing it um, because of what it showed him like Christ suffering being bruised his face was all bloody and smashed up and that showed Dostoevsky he, he was he was human that means he could die for my sins that means he could beat death and, and defeat death and get forgiveness um, oh yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and
1: I think with that, um, it's probably a a helpful reminder that we, especially those of us who are preachers, are going into preaching um, to keep in mind. While, you know, we might look in Dostoevsky for, like, God's great exchange, right, Mm -hmm. or explicit, you know, forensic justification. Um, While forensic justification is, is, right, of critical importance, um, the Bible uses all sorts of imagery for what Jesus has done, and Dostoevsky does have a way, and the East in general has a way, of bringing out some images that we maybe in the West have neglected or underappreciated. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we look at the cross in the West and we often first see, right, God's punishment for sin, which is true. But in the East, right, they often see um, God's self-giving, right, um, the sign of God's, God's love. And so the Latin West, it makes sense where, you know, um, the word for repentance was penitentia, right? That you're going to have this. Um,
0: substitution. Yeah,
1: area. that, that uh, I think it is helpful. And I like the, the picture of the painting, as you talk about, to recognize there are lots of images that can be brought out. And I think that's why books like this in and of themselves also are hopefully helpful for preachers to read, to remember that as illustrations mm-hmm. to talk about what God has done in Christ.
2: Yeah, I know one big picture that Eastern Orthodox uses, like a uh, Christ as the victor is so you see the cross in his victory. That's true for us too, but That's that's definitely true in Dostoevsky was the joy that Alyosha finally feels, um, just the joy the cross gives and the fact that death is, death has been conquered, death is destroyed. We have the cross. We have eternal life. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's definitely explicit in Brothers K.
0: Maybe, um, you get, unless you guys want to go somewhere else, maybe go through some of the characters and how they were kind of representative. You, you had mentioned like... Uh, representative of russia in the 19th century um but you kind of played around with the idea of how these characters maybe have an application to 21st century man Mm -hmm. right so maybe i don't know if that's putting you on the spot too much but say this character kind of this is the person that i um that 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 i think a modern day ivan is or a modern day whatever yeah would that be helpful to kind of just go through those main characters yeah sure
2: um so one, the, the first one I talk about in my paper is, is Drushenka. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think...
0: And maybe a little background for those who have never read this, you know, like a brief, what yeah. is this character about? Yeah, yeah
2: so I, I think her name in, in, in Russian means, like, succulent pear, I think. <laughs> um, because she is, like, this, I think, 22-year-old young woman that Dmitri, the oldest brother, is just, like, head over heels for. He wants to marry her. But so does his dad. And this is where I think, like, Freud loves this book. Um, (laughs) But, like, they both are going. So the dad and and the son are both going for the same girl. And she kind of is playing both of them, trying to get money from them because it was kind of like the custom. We'd give gifts and stuff. So she keeps getting gifts from both of them, playing with them. And she's kind of portrayed as, like, a temptress. She's not the most upstanding person. Uh, And that's how she's... She's portrayed throughout the whole book, and, and she wants to get Alyosha. That's kind of hinted too. She wants to seduce Alyosha and corrupt him too. But finally, um, after Alyosha shows Krushenka love, like while she's trying to seduce him, he shows her genuine Christian love and concern. Um, then that kind of like that hits her, and she she switches, and then she's this kind of a turning point for her in the book. Where now instead of being this like kind of self-seeking temptress, now she is. Um, She's uh, more kind. She is arguably, she never has a, like a, a Christian confession, but you can kind of see the gospel is working mm-hmm. on her. Um, and that's kind of, I compare that to like a coworker you have that just doesn't care about the gospel mm-hmm. and they don't care about changing their lives like Grushenka didn't. But what do you do with someone like that? Do you just like talk bad about them when you get home from work? Do you kind of ignore them? Do you just kind of talk down to them? No, that's what you, I do with Mike. Yeah. <laughs> No, you, you show them love. I am love. a temptress, a <laughs> <The> succulent pear. <parent. laughs> <The> succulent <parent. laughs> um, No, what you do is you you keep at it. You keep showing them love, and you actually, like Alyosha, are, are concerned about them um, and their actual well-being, and you keep engaging them and showing them love. Um, yeah, yeah, and I th- I mean that's the thing with Alyosha throughout the book that always
1: strikes me is, it's sincere love. Yes, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, people can tell he's in, he's invested in them. Um, yeah, and I mean. Isn't the story of the father and the son chasing the same woman that it's pretty identifiable with, I think, most people, most <laughs> But Dimitri then is the, the sensualist, right? This yeah. is the brother who, who <clears throat> takes after his father. Yeah. Um, in that way, in a, in a certain way, Alyosha and uh, Ivan are rebelling, right? That, um,
2: yeah, they are. And that's kind of from their the book, upbringing. too, was like they, they see that and they don't want. He'd yeah, be a part of that. Yeah. So, who's next? So, kind of yeah, going off off, off Dimitri, um, I say uh, that he'd be um, next. He he's kind of the one who okay, maybe he like grew up Christian. He knows there's a God, but he just doesn't care. Mm-hmm. So it's um, that he's so concerned about chasing after his own what he wants. Maybe trying to say, well, I don't. Um, maybe it's like the the person you know that says, God just wants me to be happy. Mm-hmm. God just wants us to be happy. That's the highest good in life is being happy, which is exactly what the sensualist. Uh, Feodor the father and Dmitri, the son, are like. And what happens with them is again Alyosha, keeps at it. I think Alyosha is the only character that Fyodor the father likes because he's the only person who's nice to him. Uh, everyone else doesn't like him, and uh. Feodor nor. He knows that, so he he likes Alyosha because Alyosha shows him love and concern. Dmitri likes Alyosha a lot because, Alyosha actually talks with him, takes time to to rub shoulders with him, and what happens finally is. Dimitri gets hit by, hit by God, basically. I mean, he's unjustly um, condemned to spend 20 years in the, in the uh, Siberian wilderness. And, like, how do you make sense of that? But the book ends with Dimitri actually being incredibly happy. He's content because he knows God's in control. So kind of like how I tie with that is you have someone like that who just says, I just want to be happy. That's the highest good in life. I don't care about God. I don't care about the gospel. Well, what you do with that person, again, you keep at it. It's kind of the same thing with all, all of these people. You keep at them, keep showing them some sincere love, keep rubbing shoulders and waiting. You wait for God to hit them with something that's terrible, that, that kind of crushes their ideology of, God wants me to be happy. That's, that's the highest good. Well, what if life, you can literally not be happy anymore when you're in the gulags. Yeah. Like, so what do you do with that? Um, then Alyosha's there talking about the gospel you're there talking about the gospel with them
1: yeah and, and not talking about the gospel in a way that tries to make sense of what's happened to yes. Dimitri yeah um, but to talk about the gospel that's something that's precisely for a world where things like this happen
0: yeah um, who's next you can go Alyosha or Ivan
1: or. are you hearing me by the way in your guys' headphones yeah okay um, the sound just dropped for me but as long as it's coming through it's okay All
0: right.
2: um, I, I liked um one of my favorite minor characters would be um, – um, I'm blanking on his name right now. He's the the kid who's kind of like the foil to Ivan a little bit, um, Krasotkin. Um, I think I'm saying his name right, uh, Krasotkin. Um, he is like the – he's kind of like Ivan where he's like the intellectual. And he is – um, he quotes all of these. He's like twelve years old or something like that. Maybe maybe fourteen years old. He's quoting all of these Russian socialist atheist philosophers, just like Ivan is, and um, he's like talking about how like dumb God is to his friends and stuff. You know, it's just like this blatant um, atheist. But he has a friend uh, who is dying, and when he goes in to talk to the friend, he's so like mad that he can't offer any comfort, really, that he starts insulting the doctor, kind of like talking down to the doctor, who's this adult, who's you know has a degree, and this little 12-year-old is talking down to him. Um, and he runs out, and he cries because he can't do anything. Uh, but he's different from, from Ivan. So Ivan goes crazy and, and goes insane. That's how Ivan ends up. But this guy, uh, Krasotkin, um, oh, it's, it's Kalia is his, his first name, Kalia. So Kalia, he actually is Christian. He, he, he turns Christian in the end because of of the resurrection. Um and he's, he, he says, oh, I can see my friend again, even though his friend dies. You know, there's, there's not a happy ending. His friend dies. But he knows he's going to see him again. And that's, like, the last paragraph of the book, which is the most beautiful part, I think, almost. So I compare that to, like, again, you have a friend, a neighbor, a family member who is, like, they're intellectual. They, they, they know their stuff. And they're, they're kind of hardcore atheists, maybe, or maybe they're, they're kind of, you know, set, yeah, Christianity is kind of, kind of dumb. I don't like it that much. What do you do? Um, Again, Kalia respected Alyosha because Alyosha always listened to him. He says at one point, like, Alyosha, you're the person who treats me like I want to be treated, like an adult, because he wants to be treated like that. And Alyosha treats him like an adult with respect and shows him sincere love. And then when the opportunity comes to share the gospel, um, Alyosha does that, and it, it works with, with Kalia.
1: What, um, maybe just in general, uh I think something that, you, that has come up when you, you keep talking about Alyosha and these individuals is listening. Yeah. Um, what as you read the novel or as you've thought through these things? I think um, as, as preachers, we're pretty good at talking. Um, and I think we come out of the seminary pretty equipped to talk, right? I mean, and oftentimes seminarians are better preachers than the person out 10 years in the sense of a They've got their manuscript memorized. They're very disciplined about doing text study stuff like that. <clears throat> um, I know for me, the parish had to teach listening. I'm guessing maybe a little bit for you, Mike. What um what are the things? What stood out to you about Alyosha's approach and just listening in general, right? And and listening to people say very wrong things, you know, and not jumping in always with a correction. Um, anything from that, that?
2: Yeah. So I'd say exactly that. That struck me too as I was reading Alyosha. You kind of follow him. Uh, Dustfest kind of follows Alyosha around as he's talking to all these people. Alyosha goes to Ivan, then goes to Dimitri, then goes to this person. And like what's surprising is how many like how passive Alyosha really is. Like you said, he's not trying to prove a point a lot of times, he's just listening. And he asks questions and he acts and he's actually like surprised. He um gets in it or he he shows the same emotions the person he's talking to has. So is he doing active listening? Yeah. Um maybe kind of being passive sometimes. Um you don't have to always prove a point every single time you talk to somebody, um, which I need to definitely learn, too. Um, so, yeah, just just the act of listening and being being sometimes even passive in the conversation, letting the other person talk, and always just showing respect to the person you're listening to, no matter what they say.
0: Uh, so what, why don't we com- just continue? I mean, what are the last couple characters that, that you use? Just, I mean, you don't have to expound too much, but just to yeah. kind of complete the process. I mean, we've talked enough about Alyosha. Or anywhere by, else you want to go yeah. with it, if
2: we're missing something. Um,
0: yeah.
2: Uh, so the last person that is like, I kind of had four caricatures at the end of my paper: Grushenka, Kolya, Dmitry, and the last one was actually Alyosha himself. Um, kind of the place of doubt, or a, a Christian who's struggling with doubt. Obviously, doubt isn't the essential part of faith. Faith is trust. So doubt has no has no place in that. But Christians doubt um, mm-hmm. because we're have an old person living in us. Yeah. So what comfort does that give us? Um, and I guess one conclusion I, I drew from this was the the beauty of mystery. Um, this, There's some things we don't know. And so Alyosha, he has his father die, his, or his his church father die, who's his, his role model, and he starts decaying fast, actually, which means a he's like sign, yeah. a bad sign because he usually waited if – the decay was delayed and that means they were going to be a saint but his father started delaying really fast so all of his enemies were all happy so that make, makes Alyosha kind of like go off the deep end for a couple pages um and he's wondering why did all of this happen and how he finally makes sense of it is he sees a vision where he sees his this father's asuma in heaven at the, the banquet of cana and he, and there's joy there so god wants us to be joyful he sees the sun of God, Jesus Christ, and He, he, he kind of makes sense of all, all of this. Oh, I, I'm going to heaven. Like, I'm going to see Him again. There's going to be joy at the end of life. So, even though we have this doubt right now um, that we can't always make sense of, um, what helps us to make sense of it, which is in the Bible too, like Psalm 73 talks about that, um, is that resurrection and the end game, kind of. And, and Luther talks about that too as helping with doubt and, and questions that we have, is keep the end game in mind.
0: Um are your first like are your first sermon at your new parish going to be like as Dostoevsky said <laughs> Yeah I'm going to quote him to
2: my my new member someday <laughs> yeah, yeah that's
0: going to that's not maybe not going to go over very well <laughs> Um tell me about the process of the paper what did you learn about it and about yourself that that you thought was beneficial
2: Yeah so um it was just a good experience to dive deeper so I, I think I wrote the final page count here like 47 pages which is way more than i've ever wrote before hopefully i never have to write that much again (laughs) (laughs) um but it was just good to kind of dive into a project like that and kind of get used to it because at some point as a pastor you'll have to write conference papers and stuff Mm -hmm. so it's good to get experience to do that and kind of have this project you have for a couple months that's hanging there yeah i just can't knock it out in like a week or two like you you could with maybe a shorter paper Mm -hmm. um and all the stuff that uh that i learned this paper was a takeaway for me, too, as well, just dealing with doubt, dealing with society, seeing the cross as the answer to suffering and death and all that.
1: Yeah, and things. I would hope, <clears throat>
2: and, you know, I just, it would be my, I'm hoping to,
1: to make it up when you guys are presenting because I, I would like to see um, Dan present, so yeah. maybe make him a little extra nervous. <laughs> um, but I, I really like this thesis process they have you guys doing, and I would hope, you know, as you're out, my encouragement would be to all the guys, Find other stuff like this to do in the midst of parish ministry too, because yeah. it will keep you sharp. It'll make you a better preacher, better teacher. I um,
0: sharp and fresh.
1: You know, you're out yeah. a few years, and it gets really easy to um, get stagnant. And I, I would say, with your paper, you've clearly shown you can do good and thoughtful work. Like, it's it's nice to have some guys who can find a kind of find niches to to bring stuff out of, it and it, and it makes pastors' conferences way more. Endurable too Because it's not Just guy Assigned <laughs> Some guy Assigned a paper That he doesn't want that I think
0: you're going to say Enjoyable But that would be An exaggeration Right Yeah
1: But no I, I think it's been Good work And I, I hope you And I hope Dan And others will um, It's kind of good Sometimes to get drawn Into these projects mm-hmm. Even if it's just For your For your own sake I don't know You can disagree With me Mike No I think like, it's
0: Fantastic to get Lost into something um, And you'll see I mean that, That's I kind of made a joke Like about you Preaching every other Sermon And uh referencing Dostoevsky but you're going to think about Dostoevsky yeah for the first couple of years and beyond and that'll be a good thing as long as you you know <laughs> don't let everybody know that you're talking about Dostoevsky <laughs> yeah um but but to get lost in in those things and and um I, I think what Wade's after here is you can get lost into something for a while and that's a good thing and that will color the way you look at all theology and then the, the point is then not to get stagnant go on to the next thing after that right, right. so um and you'll correct yours i mean that's it's a good way to, of self-correction right um to to see different points of view especially okay here's an eastern orthodox point uh, just yeah. east in the general right rather than west sometimes so that's pretty good so
1: yeah maybe
0: i'll if you guys end
1: up did you guys get your days you're presenting yet
2: yeah, we have the March the dates the twenty third to the twenty fifth. Yeah, do you guys know your times? No, we learned that next week. All I think right. Well, when you guys
1: for, maybe I'll have to if you guys are on it's the same, same day,
0: way. we can maybe go. Up. We can maybe. go up there and uh, road trip it up there. Dan Dan's very good us. too,
1: is on technology and the use of it and uh, but
0: uh, I think I get my shot the second shot. Also,
1: I mentioned food. the podcast. And he seemed a little nervous. He said you were nervous too, but I can't tell. You did very oh, well. Right. That's, right. That's right.
0: Definitely I was. Well, <laughs> if. If Wade and I can do it, I think anybody. <laughs> it's been can a while since
1: I've been up at the seminary.
0: Yeah, we could do that. It's a great place to if, go. If it if it yeah. if it works out time wise. I think I'm still Who allowed else? there. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I don't know if I am, but
1: you you got you just presented. It <laughs> That's right, you. I did present there.
0: <laughs> Surprise, that was like, yeah yeah. Um, anyway, no. So uh, Wade, do you have anything? For no, the I'm.
1: Uh, I I thought it was very well done, and I I think you bring out a lot of important thoughtful points and I hope for our listeners in general, lay people and pastors alike, um, it's a super helpful reminder, um, that uh immersing ourselves in stories can be extremely helpful for us as Christians to to understand neighbor, to to, to see what questions are being asked, timeless questions in these cases. <clears throat> um, to to empathize, to to walk away with different perspective and uh so I was excited to see the topic you picked. Um, the, uh, when Mike mentioned it way back when, uh, I was a little jealous. That was before Dan. I, haven't had, I knew that Dan was with me. Um, I think it's a, a very exciting thing to know that there's a seminary and doing that. And uh, I'll be watching on call day. We'll see if you end up in Colorado. I have a feeling the opposite of that is going to happen now. Mike shouldn't have had be you. Be happy wherever I get sent. That's Talks right.
0: About. So how do you feel about New Jersey? What was Great. what was the year? What was the
1: call you were most nervous about your year, Mike? Do you
2: remember?
0: Uh I, I didn't want was, Alaska. I wanted Alaska.
2: Oh that'd be awesome. Are you serious? Oh yeah. no, I didn't okay. want to. There's a hashtag at the center or there, like a little joke we say in the seniors, hundred vacancies. That's what we're saying. So <laughs> it's a little harder to <laughs> when we have tests coming up. Yeah, 100 vacancies. yeah we there's were, a there's a ton compared to what we had. So
0: we were well, that's about the cycle about We were know, fifty
1: we were, something vacancies, I think.
0: Yeah, we were and we had a big class, so we had we had in our well, both of our classes had people that had to wait or a temp mystery to get called, so it was more like i think we were kind of like um i really am happy that i can feed my family (laughs) starting july 1st we didn't care where it was although the last person the last place that i would have thought myself was rural anywhere so that's where I ended up so
1: yeah and i figured no way they'd send me back to michigan but there you are i got to go to the the lovely 989 saying no no no
0: and i loved it so very good all right thanks for coming on we appreciate it and i think uh what luther was after what is after what we're all after is i think kind of freedom and where do you get that freedom true freedom's going to come from Jesus Christ, freeing us from our sins. And when everything's done for us, when everything is done for us, there's nothing left to do but what, Ori? Let the bird fly. Nailed it. Every evening when the sun goes down, get with my body and I begin to cry. I don't care what the people are thinking. I'm not drunk, I'm just a I say, am Another round, I'll set 'em up. Another round, I'll set 'em up. Another round, one more round won't get me down.